It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the College Hoops Daily Podcast presented by Betfred Sports. My name is Zach Kroll, and I wanted to give you guys a quick episode for this week. It's been a busy time as the transfer portal cycle continues, but we have some moves I wanted to talk about, and it's just crazy. The national championship game between UConn and San Diego State, that was about three weeks ago now, and it doesn't really feel like that, but at the same time, it feels like three months ago. The college basketball offseason is always an interesting time with all the moves going on, but at the same time, it feels like the season that you just saw wasn't that long ago. But there are a couple moves I wanted to hit on right off the bat, and I'll start off with North Carolina, and they added a couple high-level transfers uh, this cycle in the last few days with Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame and Harrison Ingram from Stanford. And the main question around North Carolina right now is, and I don't want to pin it all on this one guy because I don't think that's fair. I don't think this guy leaving per se is going to be the only reason why North Carolina goes in whatever direction it does next season. But UNC, they announced pretty early on in the offseason that R.J. Davis was coming back. And that Armando Baycott was coming back, meaning that, okay, it made no sense to just run the entire team back. So Caleb Love, he entered the transfer portal, and he's going to be playing at Michigan next year. And I do think the additions of Ryan and Ingram, they do fit together well with the star-studded duo of Baycott and Davis. Like, I'm I'm going to be very curious to see where exactly people are rating and ranking North Carolina heading into next season, considering they do have two star players in in Baycott and Davis, and they have talent around them with Ingram, with Ryan. They also have Seth Trimble, a good young player who looked promising during his spare time on the court last year. Uh, He's also a pretty high-rated recruit. He'll be coming back. They also get Jalen Washington back, who needed to get in shape a little bit, but most people around the program seem to be really high on. And the transfer portal cycle started with North Carolina adding guys like Paxton Wojcik from Brown and in um, Jalen Withers from Louisville. And at first those guys adding them were like, what is North Carolina doing? But considering they added Ryan and Ingram as well as those two guys, it's overall a pretty solid transfer cycle for the Tar Heels. And last season, after it really felt like just about everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for this UNC team, I do think it was best for both parties with them and Caleb Love that they decided to move on. And when you look at the ACC, Duke is going to be really good. That is obviously the team to beat, but there is no reason why North Carolina shouldn't be right behind them. 
with Miami losing a lot from the team that made the final four. I don't necessarily know if Virginia is the same program that we are so used to being a one or two seed every year in the NCAA tournament. I do think that when you look at Virginia, it's not that they're all of a sudden a bad program. They're still going to most likely make the NCAA tournament more years than not. I just don't know in the new world of NIL, in the new world of um, the transfer portal, Tony Bennett just has to show me that he's capable of succeeding in that new environment until I just lock up Virginia as an elite team each and every year. Because honestly, they redshirted a top 100 recruit, Isaac Trout, that immediately transferred. Like They need to show me that they're more in and used to the modern times. But Louisville is down compared to what they usually are, of course. Syracuse is down to what they usually are. Notre Dame, they made the NCAA tournament and won a big dance game two years ago, but they just lost Mike Bray. Now, I like Micah Shrewsbury. I think he's a really good coach, but he just got there. It's going to take him some time, uh, thinking of the other teams in the ACC. I like Steve Forbes and Wake Forest, uh, but... He still hasn't gotten to the NCAA tournament yet. He needs to get there. Uh, one team I do like a lot, what they've been doing in the transfer portal in the ACC this offseason is Kevin Keats and NC State. They've added DJ Horn from Arizona State. They added MJ Rice from Kansas, a former top 30, top 40 recruit. That's a really good add. And they also added Mo Diara, a big man from Missouri, who I think will make an impact. And they just got word that DJ Burns, their big man, will be coming back next year's next season. So a really good time if you're an NC State Wolfpack fan. They did make the NCAA tournament last year. Unfortunately, it ended in a tough loss to Creighton. But I'm a fan of NC State and Kevin Keats. I think it's a big year for them. But going back to UNC for a second, like – I do think there is some optimism, but also Hubert Davis has to prove to me that he's a really good coach. And I know that's crazy considering this guy coached in a national championship game and came pretty close to winning it. They held a 15 point lead at one point in that game. And that wasn't really too long ago. But at the same time, North Carolina was so disappointing this past season. And you could tell something was just off with this team. And I don't even know if we're ever going to find out exactly what it is. But at least they're going to go into the season next year with their team built well. I think they fit together pretty nicely with the two stars, a guard and a big man, plus guys around them that can make shots, that can make plays, that have college experience. And overall, like as we get further and further away from the 2023 season ending, and of course, in North Carolina's case, like their season ended before Selection Sunday, they didn't even want to play in the NIT. It's just crazy to me how exactly this happened. This team came into the season with so many expectations as the preseason ranked number one team. And they lost some games in the non-conference that were a little bit concerning, but none of them really came against elite, or not even elite competition, but what I meant to say was teams that you would expect them to lose to, right? Like they lost to Indiana at Assembly Hall, which wasn't a great performance per se, but Indiana was never losing that game. The atmosphere was just incredible, right? You look at North Carolina losing in the PK-85 to teams like Alabama and to teams like Iowa State. As disappointing as those losses were, Alabama, we learned they become the best team in the country in the regular season. And the other game, Iowa State, like that was still an NCAA tournament team that earned a number six seed. But Losing games in the ACC at home consistently. I know they lost to Miami. They lost to Duke at home uh, with their NCAA tournament lives on the line, which was not a very inspiring performance. Uh, when you look at UNC also, 
they just never really played consistently good basketball throughout the season. And no one ever really looked like they were on the same page. Uh, North Carolina's season also ended in the ACC tournament against Virginia with a disappointing loss. And when you look at UNC, like losing to NC State, losing to Miami, losing at Wake Forest, losing at Duke, um, it, it was just a really bad season and a really disappointing ending. But I do think next year with Love, or excuse me, with Davis and Baycott back alongside Ryan and Ingram, I do think that is a really solid start to the offseason for Hubert Davis. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another program that I wanted to get to that's in a little bit of a similar position to North Carolina in the transfer portal is Villanova, a team that even though they entered last season with a first-year head coach in Kyle Neptune, the expectations were still pretty high considering Everything Jay Wright did for that program, Villanova made the Final Four in his last season in 2022, and they still returned decent parts of that team, right? They brought back uh, Caleb Daniels, who was a really good player and was a good player last year as well. Eric Dixon, their big man, he continued to improve and just to get better and better uh, as his college career went on. Justin Moore, I know that he wasn't a thousand percent healthy until about February, but he's still a really good player. They also had Cam Whitmore who was injured in the beginning of the season. I think that's the the thing we have to remember about Villanova last season in all fairness to Kyle Neptune is that the injury bug really bit them early on. And they lost some games that I do think if they're healthy early on in the season, like normally they win. And I do think Kyle Neptune, like he did a legitimately good job at Fordham. Now, I understand it was only for one season, and I also understand that Keith Ergo, who has taken over for him, did really well uh, this past season uh, since uh, Neptune left, but this is a big season for Kyle Neptune. I think at minimum, Villanova needs to make the NCAA tournament or even finish close or within the top 25, especially in a conference like the Big East that is only getting better with the coaches and the new personnel that they've added. The Big East, I think right now has a legitimate argument as the favorite to be the best conference in college basketball next season with everything that's happened in the offseason. And Villanova, I think their moves compared to some of the other teams in the conference have gone a little bit under the radar in adding TJ Bamba from Washington State and Hakeem Hart from Maryland, considering they aren't the most flashy transfers or the biggest names that everyone necessarily wanted. But I think that those guys to go along with Armstrong and to go along with Eric Dixon, 
and Justin Moore, who will be back. That's a very good start to the offseason for Kyle Neptune and Villanova. They'll also have guys coming off the bench like Jordan Longino and Chris Archie Diacono, uh, maybe a Trey Patterson that are very familiar with the program. So I think Villanova has had overall a really good offseason. I just think similarly to North Carolina, they're going to be a little difficult to rank in the Big East considering that conference is just really, really good right now. With UConn, the defending national champions, they have a lot of important draft decisions with Tristan Newton and Andre Jackson that still have to be made. Marquette, they're supposed to bring just about everyone back from a team that won the Big East regular season and conference tournament title. They they will also uh, have Creighton, who has really improved their team in the transfer portal and could get even better if uh, they get some of the NBA draft decisions they're hoping for. So the Big East is going to be an absolute bloodbath next year. I think Villanova should be right in that conversation. The issue is they don't have a coach that's proved they could do it at this level yet. Now, Kyle Neptune, he's only been at Villanova for one year. And I do think, once again, if injuries go a different way, maybe Villanova's season also could have gone way differently last season. But I do think overall, it's been a nice offseason for Villanova. And I do think that... When you look at them, they're going to be one of the more difficult programs to judge in terms of their expectations because Jay Wright literally, and I'm talking about the last eight, nine, ten years, since Villanova got to the new Big East and since that new Big East conference became a thing, they have dominated that league. And Jay Wright, a guy who at one point a lot of people had questions on in terms of just how good of a head coach he was, he turned out to be the elite of the elite and you're already seeing his basketball knowledge when he does the broadcast, when he's in studio for selection Sunday, like he is a basketball genius and what he did for that Villanova program cannot be understated. And even though Kyle Neptune seems like a good coach and he did a great job at Fordham, Jay Wright's greatness and his legacy, that's just going to be really hard to replicate. He literally just took players and instantly made them better and turned Villanova into the premier college basketball program of the last decade. So with that, I understand their fans, they expect a lot and they expect this program to be really good at all times. But we saw last year, that's not always going to be the case. Villanova missing uh, their first NCAA tournament since the new Big East was created. So It was a season a lot of Villanova fans would like to forget, but I do think they should be back in position next year for success after the transfer portal cycle they just had. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another team I wanted to talk about that's made some major moves in the transfer portal is Gonzaga. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, right? Obviously, Mark Few is one of the premier coaches in college basketball. 
And what he's done with the Gonzaga program can't be understated. He's gone to two national championship games, and I do hope that eventually he does get that title because he does deserve it. But in all honesty, I was feeling a little bit down about this Gonzaga program after they got blown out by UConn in the Elite Eight just because it kind of hit me like it felt like the end of Gonzaga. And when I say the end, I don't mean all of a sudden they were just going to turn into this irrelevant program and Mark Few all of a sudden didn't know what he was doing anymore. It's just as time has gone on, it's felt like they've gotten further and further away from their ultimate goal. You remember in 2021, they made it to the national championship game against Baylor, but got absolutely smoked. And that was their first and only loss of the season that year. The following season, they were the number one overall seed. That's when they had Drew Timmy. That's when they had Chet Holmgren. And that's when they had Andrew Nembhard. They were a really good team. They were the best team in the country during the regular season. But they got knocked out of the NCAA tournament in very disappointing fashion against Arkansas in a game they really should have won. Last year, even though when you looked at the personnel, I didn't think that this was Mark Few's best team per se. I did think that they did have a legit chance of getting to a national title game, getting to a Final Four and winning it just because it was wide open. And for the first time ever, the pressure was really off of them. And they did have a decent tournament run, right? That shot by Julian Strother to beat UCLA, that's one of the best shots in Gonzaga program history. But with the way it ended and that loss to UConn, that shot isn't going to be remembered the way it should be. And Gonzaga now loses Drew Timmy. He was arguably the best player in program history, one of at least. He's the all-time leading scorer. And they lost Julian Strother. And more importantly, like the roster around these guys wasn't even particularly good last year. And then to open up the transfer portal, Gonzaga was a little quiet. But Mark Few finally makes his big moves, adding Ryan Nembhard from Creighton and Graham Ike from Wyoming. Those two guys will go along with Eastern Washington transfer and the reigning Big Sky Player of the Year, Steel Venters, to, to make up uh, the three members of Gonzaga's transfer class. And there was a lot of conversation about Nembhart when he decided to leave Brayton. And when he made that decision, the consensus opinion was that he was going to go to Arizona. Like most people thought he was literally already committed to Arizona just about. Of course, uh, Tommy Lloyd, who is the Arizona head coach, he was really the main reason why his brother, Andrew, uh, transferred from Florida to Gonzaga. And that decision ended up working out really well for him. But at the last second, Mark Few steps in and takes Nemhart away from his former assistant coach. And that is the move, I think, that Gonzaga needed to regain a little bit of momentum. Ike was a really good player in 2022 at Wyoming. He was able to lead them to the NCAA tournament. Uh, he missed this past season with an injury, but with Nempard and Ike on the floor, that's a really good tandem. We'll see what happens with Nolan Hickman. I think a backcourt of Nempard, Hickman, Venters would be pretty interesting. All three of those guys have the ability to shoot the basketball, and we know what Gonzaga is. Like As long as they have legitimate talent, which this team does have, they're going to most likely run through the WCC and make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So I think after a a lot of people, including myself, were feeling a little bit worried about Gonzaga, these were the moves in the transfer portal in recruiting that they needed to regain a little bit of momentum. Mark Few is still obviously a really good coach. I was just wondering, without Tommy Lloyd, with another disappointing tournament exit, what would the future hold for this Gonzaga team? They seem like 
they are in really, really good shape. And they are, so far, one of my big winners of the transfer portal. If you guys missed it, I dropped an article on uh, AaronTorresMedia.com, of course, breaking down my biggest winners of the portal. They were one of them. Uh, A couple other news nuggets before we get out of here that I wanted to hit on. Hunter Dickinson and his recruitment, it is looking like it is either going to be Kentucky is or it's going to be Kansas. I know early on in um, the recruiting process, teams like Maryland, teams like Georgetown were heavily involved as well. But Dickinson, I think Kansas would be the best fit for him. It's interesting that Bill Self, it seems like, is trying to pivot away from that lineup of playing a 6'7", K.J. Adams at the 5. And even though that is traditionally not what he likes to do, I think that was a really effective lineup uh, at times last season for the Jayhawks, who also added Nick Timberlake, the transfer from Towson. I know UConn was really interested in his services and Kansas now, they should bring back DeWan Harris. Uh, they bring in Timberlake, which is a solid addition. And you add those guys to go along with the KJ Adams. And I know they were in the mix with uh, Texas transfer Arterio Morris. We'll see where he ends up going. But Bill Self, we know what the deal is with Kansas. He'll always have them uh, at the top of the Big 12, in the top five, in the top 10. And adding Hunter Dickinson would always would only enhance that. Another team I wanted to hit on, though, Ole Miss. Chris Beard is racking up an absolutely loaded roster uh, in Oxford. And I know we could have our opinions on if Chris Beard should be coaching after what happened to end his tenure at Texas. But you can't deny this dude is just an elite recruiter. He somehow finds a way to get back both Jamin Brakefield and Matthew Morell back to Ole Miss, who are two top four, uh, former top 40 recruits. Both of them are really talented players. And I do think with a coach like Beard, who has proven that he could win at the highest of levels, that's a really good start for Beard at Ole Miss. He also brings in Jamarian Sharp, the nation's leading shot blocker this past season, a uh, former w- member uh, of Western Kentucky's team. And uh, he is just an elite shot blocker, one of the best defensive players in the country. He'll be heading to Ole Miss. And oh yeah, they also add Brandon Miller from, uh, not Brandon Miller, I'm sorry, Brandon Murray from LSU and Georgetown, the former transfer. It is still unknown if he's going to be eligible as a two-time transfer, but this has the opportunity to just be an absolutely loaded roster. And if Murray is eligible, I think Ole Miss might even have a legitimate argument to be ranked in the preseason. That's how talented I think this team is. And Chris Beard, you can think what you want about him uh, off the court, but he is a guy that has proven that he could win at this level, and he's a really good recruiter. So that is going to be it for today's episode of the College Hoops Daily Podcast. It's a busy time. I wanted to give you guys a quick episode breaking down and reacting to some of the biggest news we've seen out of the transfer portal so far. You know the show will be humming as the offseason goes on, talking college basketball. So everyone have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you guys soon.